This is Back to Reality, colon, a reality TV time machine with Jordan Skinner. And Alex Allwine. To be clear, he's Jordan Skinner. And and she is Alex Allwine. (laughs) (laughs) I realize that those are both like unisex, ambiguous names. So I'm Alex. He's Jordan. Jordan. (laughs) This is a fucking podcast. Yeah, it is. Uh, Hey, Alex. Yeah, babe. Um, Bib. What is uh, what is back to reality? What's that all about? Um. So basically, it's us a little drunk, a little drunk, a little drunk. We had a few margaritas and some wine, but the essence of it is we're watching older syndicated, like ten to fifteen years in the past, the first seasons of the most iconic reality TV series, and we're going back. We're watching the first seasons. This season is going to be Survivor. That's We're watching the fucking very, right it is. It's so fucking great. Oh, because so we tried good. we tried with some older franchises and some older TV shows that seemed to be like the birth of reality TV and they just didn't fucking work for us because I You mean The Amazing them. Race? Yes, because I hate that show. It's so bad. For some reason, unbeknownst to either of us, we watched The Amazing Race first. Although Survivor was the reason that we wanted to start this podcast so from the very beginning. Here we are. So after two episodes of nonsense, <laughs> here we are. Actual first episode. Actual first episode, Survivor, episode one, The Marooning. And it's fucking great, y'all. So excited about it. <laughs> So first things first, uh, you have 16, no? Hey, where does it take place? (laughs) Okay, so first things first, you have a bunch of survivors, as it were, contestants in a Malaysian fishing village for about three seconds. This remote Malaysian fishing village is home to so many Americans. No, they don't even give you more than that. They're just like, they're in a Malaysian fishing village. And then three seconds later, they're in this very large... It's like a pirate ship. Yeah, it's really cool. They don't do this later on in the seasons, which I'm kind of happy about, which I've talked about before. But so in essence, they're on this big ship and you have Jeff Probst. Oh, so good. I love Jeff. Beautiful, magnanimous, generous, kind hearted host. I would be like, there are some reality TV show hosts. You feel like they just like they showed up. They're like, why am I here? What am I doing here? What's the Mm -hmm. point? Jeff Probst is like, without me, there is no survivor. Truly. I mean, this was the beginning of like the making of reality TV hosts that were the face of the franchise. It wasn't the contestants. It was like him, Joe Rogan, Chris Harrison. Those were the guys that you knew were attached to these franchises. I mean, nowadays you get like weirdies doing like, I don't know, naked dating or whatever else is God, happening. Alex Allwine, finger on the pulse. Listen, the kids, I'm up with the... She knows the, what the I'm kids are up to. with um, the current culture. Let me quote um, my one of my favorite contestants on this series, Rudy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> say, I don't even know what MTV stands for. <laughs> it's true because later on he reveals to us that 
he's old. <laughs> he doesn't even know what MTV what? is. <gasps> um, which is Cute. just one of the many quaint and charming references that we're going to find throughout this series. So here's the stats. Borneo. Yeah. Yes. 16 Americans, 39 days. Two this, teams, two colors. This episode airs in May of 2000, actually. Wow. So... I was 10... Where the fuck was I? No, I was nine. I was nine. I was in, I don't even know where I was. I think I was in Springfield, Virginia, waiting to move to Croatia at this point. I think I was in Phoenix, Arizona, waiting to stay in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> Still waiting. You don't have to make Long fun of wait. it. That's just the only way that I can like comprehend <laughs> where I was in time and space. It's like, where was I moving? Here's the thing, like we we started out this podcast with a few episodes of The Amazing Race, as we've mentioned before. It didn't hold up mostly because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Like they were figuring it out at the same pace that we were figuring it out, really. It was very convoluted. Here, however. Came out before before The Amazing Race also. But this, like the way the editing and the structure of it was very clear cut. I mean, obviously, as you get further into episodes and seasons of Survivor, you have more intricate sort of like much, right? well no but i'm saying like they have more like intricate reward immunity all these like exile island all these mm-hmm. extra things that will help you strategically move through the game and here it's very basic but at the same time it's very clear which because, is what we didn't have yeah because one of the things i love about jeff probes which i know is like obviously a producer thing and there's a lot of copy written for him but he is there every step of the way explaining what is happening. This mm-hmm. is the first episode ever of a reality TV show that in later seasons they can kind of take for granted that right. everyone understands the constructs of it. But in this... I mean, that's kind of the beauty of this as yeah. well, is like the further... When you're a, cont- a contestant in a season further along, like the strategy develops because you have the precedent of watching this. That's another This is the cool thing that thing. I've never thought about or I've never experienced with Survivor before, watching this first season is the only time that they have that grace period. Otherwise, even the second season, they've watched the first season yeah, they and they don't, know. They don't have like a, these are the, these are the archetypes that I have to watch out for. Mm-hmm. These are the, this is the basic like structure of strategy that we have to go for. Yeah. They haven't even really, the first episode's gone by, no one's spoken about an alliance. Well, because they also right. don't know the structure of the season as a whole. Right, I mean, exactly. like in later seasons, you know when the tribe's going to merge. You know when certain yes. alliances are going to be broken. You know when it's going to be individual immunity. Like there are certain benchmarks that have been set up that these people do not have. And it is absolutely fucking fantastic. It's so great. Let's, uh, should Let's we dive into, into the, the yeah. teams a little bit? Um, so first things first. Um, they are playing for a $1 million reward, which they have set up in tribal council. They have like this this treasure <laughs> chest of like $1 million, ostensibly something speaking. That, something that does not happen in later seasons. No, just like, you guys are playing world? for this box of cash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this physical. This yeah. literal box of cash. <laughs> um, so 39 days in Borneo. They're on a ship. They have two minutes to throw as much as they can overboard onto these rafts. Um, there are lots of shots of monitor lizards because that's, you know, intimidating. And then first team that reaches their beach is the Taji, T-A-G-I. Ta- Tagi. Tagi? 
Toggy. That seems dumb. <laughs> it does seem uh, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stupid pronunciation. I'll do what I want. Um, and here's the team. So we have Sean, a uh, neurologist. Neurolo- <laughs> <laughs> Taji and a neurologist. <laughs> neurologist. From West from Virginia. <laughs> Long Island. And he's pretty nondescript because I have no other notes. Oh, uh. In the original introduction, you don't get much about him, but we uh-huh. do find out later on he has an, one nipple piercing. Oh, he's the doctor. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, the neurologist. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yes, he has one nipple piercing, which is super exciting. And it's not at bar. It's an actual like... It's a ring. <sighs> Left Ugh, nipple Don't ring. even get me started. Oh, God. Yes. Next, we yes, have Sean. Kelly Wigglesworth. Wigglesworth. And she is a river guide uh, from Las Vegas. And I'm not like, I'm not an expert of Las Vegas topography or like the rivers that lay thereof. The Las Vegas River. Mm. You don't know about the Las Vegas River? Is it famous? Second is only to the uh, Shannon Sh- O'Hara. <laughs> <laughs> The Scarlet O'Hara. Either way, she's a river guide. Um, I hope it comes up. I don't think it will this uh, season. I don't think her skills will necessarily be needed. If I remember correctly, it makes no sense that she's a river guide because she's like really bad at survivor survival things. But that could be completely wrong. That could be completely wrong. We also don't know what the technical definition of river guide is. I imagine it's someone like in a white water rafting, whatever, that's going to use the land, knows how the rocks lay, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like she works for like a third string casino called The River. Yeah. And she's in charge of tours. (laughs) Next we have Rudy, who is a... Rudy Bosch. Yeah, Rudy Bosch, who is a former... Well, he's a retired Navy SEAL oh, from Virginia, um, <laughs> which is the way that all the Virginians say it. Um, Shout Ru- out to Virginia. Yes. Shout out to all of our many Fairfax, listeners in Virginia. Springfield. Yes. Lived yes. there for a lot of my life. Um, Rudy will come up often uh, later in this episode. And I think throughout the entire mm-hmm. season, he's yeah. a player to watch for. He is. Next we have Sonia who is 63 oh, and a cancer survivor. And that was the first introduction we had to her. We didn't know yeah. that her occupation was actually yeah. musician. Her first occupation until later. is cancer survivor. Yeah, her that was the first. secondary occupation is musician. Yes. She's from San Francisco. She's very <laughs> yeah, sweet. Dude, she, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, she brought a uke. Yeah, uh, dude, to, she ukes. <laughs> Even uke, bro. She's getting so uked yeah, on the beach. Yeah, she brought a uke to Survivor, man. Um, next, we have Richard, who is a businessman. He's a business man. man. Um, and he's from Rhode Island. Very corporate, very white collar. We'll come back to him. His he's job is literally like a corporate uh, team, like team building guy. I mean, they didn't say that on the on set he was like a, a manager or, or like yeah. a project manager this and that yeah basically he is an intermediary position in some sort of corporate environment usually something that could have been extra- and it shows yeah it oh shows. god next we have susan who is a truck driver from wisconsin i love susan susan speaks her mind susan's right there in the action and susan is ready to play it bears it bears uh saying too that when we're getting introduced to each of these Mm -hmm. people it shows like a shot of them struggling to swim (laughs) in or around the raft 
a shot of them uh, like throwing something off the boat to get to the raft and then a shot of them in their occupational setting well i don't remember susan susan's is her she was standing in front in like of a, a silo and that was pretty much the in, only in picture a blue we had hard of her. hat oh, yeah <laughs> she wears a blue hard hat because oh, that's what truck drivers do you gotta wear your helmet next <laughs> also from wisconsin we have dirk oh i want dirk bean b-e-e-n a young dairy farmer also from Wisconsin. And right? yeah, also from Wisconsin, um, really into Jesus, which, oh, yeah, no shade. No, he prays a lot. He's like, he brought like his Bible. He brought his Bible and he prays a he's lot. He's very, he's an able bodied young man. Um, he, uh, He's got strong bones because he's a dairy farmer. You know, we know this. We know this implicitly. But the name Dirk Bean, that seems like, I I mean, one of my first responses, and I'm not proud of this, ladies and gentlemen, is that I imagine. Ladies, ladies. Ladies, you're it's right. It's only, only women listen to this show. <laughs> you're right, ladies. I'm not proud of this. But I imagined Dirk Bean, like, immediately I was like, oh, he's someone that's definitely going to turn into a John Doe. Like, he's going to have this weird sort of, like, murder scenario where, like, like, his name... You're like, I'm sorry, but that's a John Doe. It's a John Doe, because especially if you can imagine, like, an SVU or whatever it is, some sort of, like, law and order unit, pair, whatever, coming in and realizing his name is, oh, John Doe is Dirk Bean. Next, we have Stacy, who is a litigation attorney oh, from San Stacey. Francisco, and Jordan thinks that she's hot. No, I don't think she. Well, she's the hottest one. She's the hot one. No. No. Who's the hot one? The, Sonia. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sixty-five-year-old cancer looking survivor. Woman. She's sixty-three. Sixty-three. Um, and no, there's a on the other team which you're about to. Oh explain, no! Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, I don't think she's as hot though. Stacy's the hot one. No. Okay. So she's Stacey not billed as the hot one, but she is the hot one. You know, is a litigation attorney. Um, all we know of her thus far is that that is what she does. Um, later, we'll get into her attributes, and there's really only one more attribute to assign to her, which is lazy. And oh, then, God, uh, so lazy. That's it. I mean, there's not much Stacy in this episode. There's not. Maybe we'll find out more about Stacy. I think, you know, I'm holding out hope, maybe. I'm holding out hope. Um, next, Jordan is going to describe to yeah, you. Yeah, so the, next we have. Pagong tribe. The Pagong tribe. The tribe in yellow. Yes. So it's important to, I'm sure everyone knows this about Survivor, but you get your buffs, which are like these weird, uh, like stretchy circle scarf bandana hybrids. Bras. Yeah. Bandanas. It's really funny this episode because no one knows all the fun ways to wear them yet. So everyone's like, you just put this on your head. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so everyone's just like got this weird thing on their head. They're using so, it the correct way. Yeah, they're using it the way it was intended to. All the all the unintentional uh, ways of wearing it come all later. All the fashion seasons. comes later. Tagi is orange, and then Pagong is yellow. So yeah. Pagong is uh, Jervis Peterson, who is a YMCA basketball coach from Philadelphia. YMCA, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. See, wow. this is when you stopped taking notes, and I started. So. You trade yeah, we, off. We were switching off just because of the dog that was in the our dog. Lap. Yeah, <laughs> the dog jumped off of my lap into yours at the perfect time <laughs> to introduce <laughs> the Pagalan tribe. <laughs> so Jervis is. Um, we don't get much of him this episode, but we do get a really mm, good shot. We of get him enough of him this with a with an earring. So like everyone else gets like that shot of them in their workplace. Wait, where is he from? 
he's from Philadelphia. Oh yeah, so it was so like cold in Philadelphia. He gets he like a shot of him and... in like a warm, like a warm jacket, uh, breathing out like a puff of cloudy breath, mm-hmm. and a, and a single earring. And he turns the camera and kind of like so faces at it. It's so he's good. He's very attractive. He gives some good face. He really he gives some does. Good camera face. Yeah. Um. Next up, we've got uh, Colleen Haskell, who I believe you were referring to as the hot one. She's kind of like the manic pixie dream girl, right? The is advertising student from Miami. Oh, if she's if we're talking about the same one, the I think manic we are. pixie I dream think girl. We are. I mean, she's hot in a very particular type of way, but like, yeah, I actually remember really liking Colleen, but I'll probably be proved wrong. I don't. I have very Colleen weird memories makes about it this by season. being genial. Is what I remember yeah, this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. She Full like disclosure: gets, she just kind of gets along with everyone, right? We have seen the season to varying degrees. Like I've skimmed through the season before. Yes, yeah, we've watched, watched the first yeah. episode together before, um, but I still can't tell you who won. So that's why this <laughs> that's works. That's the beauty of reality yeah. TV, isn't it? <laughs> In one year, out the other. Okay. Uh, Okay, next up we have BB, BB Anderson. Oh, yes. He is a 65-year-old real estate developer from mm-hmm. Kansas City. Married to a 45-year-old. Married to a 45-year-old woman. Because he takes advantage of Ni- Niagara. Niagara. Help me, Viagra. There's a really funny scene later on where they're all like uh, in night vision camera mode. Yeah, the first night that they fire, spend together right? basically getting to know each other and he reveals. And they're like, BB, how old's your wife? And he goes, 45. And they're like, wait, how old are you? He goes, 65 they're like oh my god bb and then some person i don't know who it is goes like i'm gonna start calling you viagra and he's like you know you gotta use whatever you gotta use he's you know you gotta make man. it work yeah he's practical <laughs> as fuck. he's just so honest about it he's like yep that's that's exactly right <laughs> i kind of love him i hate him but i love I him and too. we'll get I into that really later love, hate for relationship sure with bb because he's kind of an asshole but yeah. i do he's just a straight shooter but it's also almost like with him he's stubborn he's very it's one stubborn. of those things that you forgive because of the generational yes, bullshit yes exactly which we, all right we'll get into it that later it becomes cute because of how old he is kind and if, of if yeah. he wasn't his age it would be reprehensible infuriating. Yeah, yeah absolutely uh ramona's next ramona gray oh ramona who i really like she's like a biochemist a from new jersey but she gets on the trip over, she gets so seasick. Yeah. And I feel like she's playing a constant like catch up from that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, from episode. this point on, she's having trouble. She's struggling. Yeah. She doesn't know how and to there's literally also, gain her footing. They don't exactly say how long it takes Toggy to get to their beach, but it takes Pagong, they say, three hours. Yeah, I feel like so they imagine, were caught in some sort of yeah, a imagine being on a raft that you are pushing mm. using body power and holding everything you will get to use for the next, whatever, 39 days. Yeah. And you've been on that raft for three hours throwing up Yeah, from seasickness. I mean, it my heart goes gross. out to you, Ramona. Truly, because like, <laughs> I think she's an upstanding uh, young woman. Like she, I like young her woman character. Who 18 years ago was older than we are today. Fair enough. But <laughs> in this moment, they are the age that they are. And that's it. Yeah. So next we have uh, Gretchen Cordy, Cordy oh who is a preschool teacher from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. She's also, I feel like, um, oh, what's her name? Stacy. Stacy. Stacy's the truck driver. 
No, Susan's the Susan's truck the truck driver. So Toggy has Susan one. to be their like straight talking, um, for lack of a better word, kind of like matron mm-hmm. of the tribe. I feel like Pagong has Gretchen. Because Gretchen kind of comes up to BB in one moment. She like t- she's she's like the one who's like not necessarily matronly, but she's the one who's like the straight shooter from a female perspective of the Pagong tribe. Where she's like, mm. no, guys, we have to do this. That's stupid that you want to do that. We have to do this. Uh, yes. I'm glad you agree. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I, I didn't agree. I'm just saying I get what you're saying, that she's sort of like head bitch. Um, and no, it, I'm not saying head bitch. I'm saying she's she's seems to be, and as does oh, well, Stacy. No. No. Uh, what's her name? Susan. Susan. They seem to be the ones with their like their heads on the swivel. Well, no, I you think it's I mean? just that in the way that it was edited, Susan and then Gretchen were most vocal in dealing I, with the alpha male bullshit yes, of their tribe, yes. which we will discuss later. Yeah. But like Gretchen in particular, I didn't. The thing was in her opening package, I didn't expect that. No, not at all. The they're way like, that they they're like, oh, she's teacher, a preschool teacher. She's just not. Yeah, there's a shot of her with a bunch of kids. And this one girl just sort of like flexing on everybody yeah. in the background, <laughs> just sort of like running her her fingers through her hair. It was my favorite so thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, you really don't expect uh, the type of metal that you get in yeah. Gretchen until you actually see her interact later, and you go, who, wait, 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 who That's the fuck true, was that? You, you do expect it from Susan because they're like, she's a talking truck driver who wears a hard hat exactly exactly you're like oh she's in a masculine male job so she's gonna be this way so maybe that's why i'm like so surprised by gretchen just because she's like yeah wow where'd that come from she's just like such a fucking well i strong we'll talk about that a bit later because i have differing like i don't know if it's necessarily a where did this come from type thing versus yeah we'll talk about this later next up greg Mm -hmm. greg uh Buis, Buis, boys. Uh, let me tell you, he's a recent Ivy League grad. From somewhere. From an Ivy League. <laughs> league of Extraordinary what is Ivy. The, wait, wait. What is the lowest Ivy League? Um, <laughs> the lowest like Ivy League the last is possible. DePaul University. That's not true. It can't be. Yeah, there's a lot of. DePaul is not Ivy League. Um, DeVry. (laughs) In my mind, in my mind, I'm doing this horrible thing because both my father and my sister went there. I'm like, Cornell. Cornell is like, yeah, Cornell sucks. Cornell is like not Yale. (laughs) Not Um, Yale. (laughs) Listen, if there's one thing I know about Cornell, it says not not Yale. Yale. (laughs) Anyway, it's a mystery. What what school do you go to? figure it out. He's from Colorado. Uh, and I, allegedly, you know, as allegedly. they say, the, the Ivy League of the uh, of the Midwest, Northern Southwest, oh, uh, there it is. UC Boulder. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I thought it would be like University of Arizona. Um, I'm from Arizona, Alex. I know I that. That's why I said it because you can give me more details. Next on up. That. <laughs> Next up, we have Jenna Lewis, who is a single mom slash full time student. So she got she got a lot on her plate. Um, (laughs) I believe when you saw her, you said hello, baby blues. 
She has very beautiful blue eyes. And she I does. don't mean that to discount her journey and like what she's trying to do. Like her because truth and like her life. No, and like not her journey. The, and like, don't do that. Not the true like thing. For her, but I mean, like, like that's kind life. of amazing if it's a single mom also doing a full time schooling. Like, and I appreciate that. I kind <laughs> of had that in my growing up. And my mom did kind of the same thing, except she was married to someone, but like didn't really Your mom? count. My mom, as you say. You're so worldly. No, I'm not. <laughs> she's from new hampshire oh. okay i forgot to say that she's from new hampshire great great in case anyone was wondering i know you guys were all wondering where she's the from the south dakota of the new england state <laughs> <laughs> next up we have oh. i think joel klug joel klug <laughs> is a very uh well-built I think he's he's one he's the young alpha male mm. of the Pagong tribe. Oh yeah. Um health club consultant from Little Rock. And what do we say about Little Rock? I did not have sexual relations with that woman. I'm deliberately not I speaking know. to let you fucking <laughs> stew in this. <laughs> That's fine. Shout out to Little Rock because I feel like you guys are way past the yeah, point of my own ignorance. Shout out to all of our listeners in Little Rock. Uh, can't wait to see you on our next tour <laughs> <Live> date. Show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, they end up on. Um, <laughs> anyway. They end up getting to their destinations. Yeah. <laughs> Toggy gets on. I wrote down where Toggy lands. They land on Snake Island, which, which I thought makes, was just a really cool name for a place to have I mean, to live for like a month. All it actually is, because they don't actually. <laughs> like, no. It's obviously not actually called that. They just named it like, uh, we'll call this one I mean, uh, that's the hallmark s- of Snake Island, and th- this one will be called um, uh, Skull. Ca- yeah, Skull, yeah. That sounds real good, Tim. Skull Beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they reach the shores and then it's a bunch of like, it's like a montage sort of like collage images of them trying out different catchphrases on the beach. Being yeah. Like, yeah, baby. Or like, I don't know. Something about Survivor. That's what I, that's what I, that's what I order at McDonald's. Uh, yeah. Stuff like, like that. that. They're like, this is where I go when I, when I need a foot massage. Mm, mm-hmm. Stuff like that. You know? Um, and then <laughs> after that. They are with Taji. 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 Ta- oh, fuck. Taji. Imagine Jeff Probst saying, whispering it into your ear. Ooh. It helps. That's what I always think of. And I'm pregnant. Taji. Right. <laughs> um. So we're back at Taji, and Rudy is using his knowledge of boats and throwing it up at everybody else. He just knows like a lot about boats. On. Well, here's the thing. Navy SEAL, sure. But did he build the boats? No. Navy SEALs have a very specific job and Navy isn't necessarily Seals, like mechanics of boats. He so, might have been an engineer. We don't know. Here's the thing. <laughs> he has a lot of life experiences. <laughs> He's been in Vietnam. He hasn't said this yet, but we assume. We assume we remember. We either assume or remember, and we don't know which one it is. I don't know if it's just us watching the episode or the season prior to actually doing this podcast, or if we're just making assumptions about this man and trying to give him some sort of leg up. Um, Either way, he was a Navy SEAL, so there's a certain amount of qualifications, and there's a certain amount of like know-how within him as a man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but at as the same a man, time yes. as a man you wouldn't know being a woman but as a no as i'm not a man, saying that i'm saying there's a certain amount of know-how within a man there's a certain amount of know-how mm-hmm. within a woman and i think there is one greater than the other but i won't say it man one 
The no, man one is the that's not it. <laughs> um, so he's being kind of didactic and like a dictator, pedantic, pedantic and really pedantic and, and he's being a dick. Rudy's getting down to brack, like to brass tacks. He's taking the wheel. Jesus has been pushed over to the other side, and it's just Rudy driving this train. Yeah, dude. Aced. Every time yeah. there was one set of footprints, that was when Rudy was carrying Jesus. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they're talking over each other, and there's, I don't think, it's not even a whole tribe. There's like a group of seven, maybe, congregated by this tree where yeah, Richard sits atop. We don't see necessarily everyone. Yeah, there's only a few people. Richard is sitting in the tree. Yeah, he's sitting in the tree. I don't tree. know how he climbed up there, but he's in care. it. And um, so they're all sort of talking over each other and loosely debating whether or not they should open up things or build things or do anything, really, which is kind of And Richard's like, before we do anything, we should probably talk more about it before yes. you make any actions let's make sure that we've adequately spoken to each other about it in dialogue he and was very interested vis-a-vis. in micromanaging yeah he was very interested in total game corporate planning, world man the game plan so there was this interesting yeah. dichotomy that started to emerge between a white collar person and a blue collar person you had all the people from wisconsin which was sue and dirk bean being very like annoyed with how Richard was conducting himself and Richard still sitting atop that fucking yes. tree was all about like let's boil this down to the moment of decision like let's talk about how we're talking about making the decision it just seems so convoluted and uh, yeah. bullshitty like he oh kept saying things like it's important to remember when you're trying to make a point that sometimes a great thing to do is try and make the other person's point for them. So, for example, Which sounds Sean horrible. or whatever. Who's the neuro? Who fucking surgeon? cares? Yeah. He's like, Sean, what do you think it is that I'm trying to say? And Sean just looks at him and goes, huh? I'm sorry. I haven't been listening to anything you've said about how I was going to eat today. <laughs> like, come on. It's so good. Man. It was just. It's and, just and so Richard was so, so despondent when other people were going off and trying to do things. And he was like, well, He's like, we I, shouldn't do anything until we've. <laughs> he was yeah. so pouty. And I was like, but you don't even have a clear cut, concise answer as to what you're trying to achieve just through dialogue. He's not. Was, he's not trying to achieve anything. Because that was the thing. That's the thing that you realize with Richard throughout this season, throughout this episode, even, is that he asserts his dominance through intellectually confusing other people and he wants to be the, yes he's he wants really to be the only it. clear voice in the conversation that's what it is so he'll get people involved and embroiled in these things these weird exercises of yep. communication and articulation and he's met with at the beginning at least major uh um roadblocks in the form of dirk and susan especially well because at this point they're running out of time and they haven't even opened their fucking crates yeah, yet. Yeah, right. They don't even know what they have on the island. He's like, we just need to talk about this. It's stupid. Anyway. So um, they open their they crates, open the crates in the yeah. end. And they have like twine. They have a torch. They have they canned have food. so much. This is as we've never seen it before. Like later on in Survivor, you're never going to see them have this like, they like have home like, welcoming package. They that have they like get. hard biscuits. They yeah. have like canned yeah, food. Rice. Rope. Uh, oh my god! They have so much stuff. It's incredible. They don't have they don't have any means of making fire. 
but they have I mean, everything I mean, in else. terms of like flint or in terms of matches, they do not have, but they have twine and they have tinder and they have like a bunch of different things and still one of the tribes will not be able to make fire. Yeah. And that's the main thing. So we hop Utagi. on over. Uh, we hop on over to uh, Pagong, yeah. where oh, uh, Ramona yes. and BB have been given or have found. They really kind of scooted over this whole thing, but they have a map to where the water is being. Yeah, I think held. we're supposed like meant to assume that it's part of the crates they bring, right? It's part of their like opening, no like starter pack is like a map to a water stash, more interior on the island. Which looks like like a giant tank buried underground. Yeah, it's it's a big piece of Tupperware with water in it. <laughs> That's basically what it's it is. It's a giant Tupperware. It is. <laughs> um, and so BB yeah. is wearing a shirt that is a collage of all of his family, which oh, is really so cute. adorable. Ramon is just trying to like get over her puking episode, and then they find the water, and they kind of half-heartedly and like facetiously debate like withholding this information from other people. Yeah, BB BB makes like the first political like, move of the game, right? He's but like, it's not. That's the thing. That's, yeah, that's, that's why right. it's so disappointing because he's like. He says this, he's like, it would be, you know, if we are the only ones that know where the water is, I mean, this is the paraphrase, if we are the only ones that know where the water is, they can't vote us out, basically. But then they just sort of laugh it off and never do anything with it. I'm like, you don't understand what this game is. If this was season like seven, done. That's it. it. But if if it was to play devil's advocate to that, if it was season seven. No one would just let two people go off and, and find the water. And they probably wouldn't even have that as a as as, as a measure or mechanic of the show. Yeah, exactly, be, exactly. But it's right. just funny because they didn't. It's not funny, but it is very much. It speaks of the first episode of the first season that two people can entertain like this tantalizing a, idea without of, ever talking about like making an alliance yeah. or like planning yeah. who to vote God. off and that, it's like crazy it's so it's so if it, it feels so pure yeah doesn't it feels yeah. so pure it feels real pure and i pure 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 so we're at Toggy day two all the youngins are doing yoga oh, so much rudy yoga. is spoiler alert still old um, and he doesn't know what MTV is. He doesn't is. know what MTV is. He's, He's also very much, I think it's it's so indicative of like the military um, ideology or like intellectual experience that he's very concerned with chain of command. If there was one guy saying that, um, you, if there's one guy doing all the orders or like giving out all yeah. the orders, then we wouldn't have this problem. But he's having a lot of problem with there being more than one um, dominant voice in the conversation. But he also acknowledges the fact that he is in the minority in thinking that. Yeah, I mean, which he's is pretty really, pragmatic. Yeah, he's really pragmatic. Like, I like that he's able to say, like, uh, kids these days, blah, blah, blah. But also, I realize I have to adapt. Yes. He's super yeah. pragmatic, which yeah. is something I really like about him. It's lovely. <laughs> It's yeah, so it's good. very much like they're just having shots of team building or of like get to know this character more. Like Sonia, that moment you was find like out a, that she is a ukulele player yes. and she was singing the song basically that was um, bye bye dragging blues. Big Pharma, which was amazing yeah. for me, um, and just to an audience of Richard though, which is subpar to me. 
I believe if I could uh, quote from memory the lyrics, it's bye bye blues. Thanks to Prozac. <laughs> bye bye blues. Give me Paxil. Yeah. That's yeah, all I remember. She reminds <laughs> me of a young Tobias Funke. She does. Like, oh my God. <laughs> just. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm afraid I just blew myself. Honestly. She She's really... going to come back from Survivor oh and get an, a new start uh, license plate. And anyway, in any case, she reveals herself to be this musician and she's quite good and she's fun and, you know, wasted on Richard. Even in this first episode, you get to see that he is shrewd enough to realize so where his value will lie. Yes. He, he knows being juxtaposed to Rudy even that arrogance will get you nowhere with these people. So he... He when, keeps in, in like, um, not confessionals basically... Mm-hmm like side interviews saying like everyone's mad at Rudy for being so like overconfident and arrogant like yeah. whoa what would they think if they exactly. like saw me like and this I'm the most arrogant the, person I know to the rat trap thing yes. like he decides it's like okay I'm gonna behead this rat I'm gonna execute this rat and we're gonna use <sighs> this meat as bait and later on in the season obviously you see how that progresses and the way that he provides for the tribe becomes like an an integral part of everything yeah. but this is the very beginning and you see him doing the things that other people probably wouldn't want to be doing, which is executing rats here and there. Um, anyways, over at Pagong, we have, of course, the rat infestation. Oh my God, yeah. They were the ones that they didn't decide, they didn't want to have fire, they didn't want to have a shelter. Like, God They're damn. like, we'll just sleep on the floor tonight, we'll figure it out in the morning. Yeah, and then they wake up and BB is... In my opinion, furious. rightfully yeah, irritated. Furious. There are a bunch of lazy people going and like hanging out in the water, doing whatever mm-hmm. else, and like no one's really interested in building up uh, the resources of the camp. Yeah, or providing this and that. So this brings in Gretchen. So Rudy's been yes. working all day, and it's the height. Uh, of the heat, I guess you could say. Sun's in the middle yeah, of the sky. Yeah, it's like midday on a uh, island yeah, in the middle of the on ocean. The beach. No one else has really been working that much. I mean, really not any fresh water to speak of yeah. also. Like, they don't have fire to boil the water that they've found. Yeah, and then so Gretchen comes up and is trying to persuade Rudy to take a break. Obviously, yeah. his hubris gets in the way of that, and he's like being here's the thing i we were watching this with jordan's roommate yeah langston um and so all three of us were on the like the fucking futon watching this episode and we i believe we all thank had, you for telling all the listeners that i don't own a couch yeah <laughs> thank you for that yet yet we have a patreon account listen to the end of the episode to donate um please i need a couch <laughs> but um Anyway, so we all had, I believe, differing reactions to this inter- to this interaction that Gretchen and Rudy had, or BB, sorry, BB, yeah, BB and Rudy, the other old BB and Gretchen, Alex, get it together, get it together, Alex, get it together. God. Um, so to set it up, basically, it was this pseudo younger woman coming to this older man, being like, "You're." overexerting yourself yeah you're gonna hurt yourself why don't you take a break so somebody else can take over why don't you tell me what you're doing so that i can do it rudy 
fuck, BB was like, <laughs> no, blah, blah, blah. And then just kept on bitching about everybody else and wouldn't stop working. And Gretchen in the end kind of had to, she had to give up. Yeah, she tried. But here's the thing that annoyed me immediately. It was like a lot of Gretchen um, doing emotional labor for this dude that couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Get over himself to realize that he would not be able to sustain this type of physical activity. Because obviously, like, his coping mechanism in this scenario is, like, action Mm -hmm. to a fault. Yes. And And she has to be the one to come in and, like, point this out to him. And But here's the thing. She doesn't have to be that person. Well, yeah, she doesn't have to. She did. Which is... Well, I mean, that's what the editing told us, rather. Um, but meta. It was <laughs> it was super frustrating for me to see that. I think Gretchen, through this interaction, kind of exposed herself to be well spoken, yeah. assertive, capable in so many different ways that we hadn't necessarily like seen. someone to watch. And then they sort of cross cut over to her building the actual fire and him diminishing her by calling her sweetheart. And yeah, bullshit. because that. But- Another important thing to recognize is that Pagong got fire before the first challenge. Yeah. And Tagi did not. And it was because of BB's bifocal glasses that they were able to do it. BB and Gretchen. But Gretchen did it. Because here's the thing they might have been BB's glasses, but we never actually got to see who exactly created this flame or whatever. In fact, what we see is BB sweating and standing up while Gretchen on basically her stomach is like blowing onto a small fire and kindling it into a large flame. And someone comes up and they're like, BB, you got the fire going? He's like, yep, my glasses. You're the man. And Gretchen's like, what do you mean? Don't you mean we're the man? And we're he goes, both the man. We're both the man. And, and, and uh, <laughs> BB yeah. goes like, oh yeah, Gretchen helped. Which was, <laughs> which was, I will bet so much money that she was the only person that yeah, got that fire started. Yeah. That's so, <laughs> so fresh. Meanwhile, in Tagi, um, <laughs> they can't get their motherfucking fire going. Why isn't the first thing you do, as soon as you know you're going to be on Survivor, why isn't the first thing you do, like, learn how to make fire a million well, ways? Well, that's the thing. They didn't know. This was the first season. And I don't think they have to but go through the rigid steps of survival. They don't know. I mean, the name I think of the show they is. They don't sur- know. I, I get. I know. Any person, especially nowadays, and I think that because of shows like this and because of exposure in this way, people think about survival tactics more seriously. You oh, prior yeah, that's a good to point. that, that's I think it was point. a very niche sort of market, in a sense. I mean, <laughs> my first my first inclination would be make fucking fire yeah right but but that is me growing up having watched and seen and ingested all these various different mediums that could have helped me to understand that that was the most important thing to do these people i you know what fuck it they're just dumb they're just dumb (laughs) they're just fire is the number one thing you stupid um, Are we to the challenges yet? There's the challenge, yeah, right? So there is actually first uh, benchmark tree mail. Oh, tree mail, yeah. Um, where the teams are given some sort of 
pseudo mystical we get a really great shot of jeff probst oh, uh yeah. aka bay i love his he's dimples. in he's got so many uh loops and pockets on his tan shirt mm. uh his hair looks good he's mm. tan um oh yeah he's not sweaty but he is glistening um you can tell he's an active man he is an active man mm. he's uh he probably went on a run immediately before the shot oh yeah um, and he comes and explains to us tree mail, which is where the teams get their clue as to what the next uh, challenge is going to be. Or reward or whatever it is. Reward or immunity challenge. So yeah. right now they have a clue um, that basically intimates that they're going to have to start a fire yeah. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what the clue is. This is very rudimentary type of survival clue tree mail bullshit yeah um and then once we get to the actual challenge you realize that they have combined a reward and immunity which if you are an avid survivor watcher you know later on um but being the first episode there's a fun meta moment where Mm -hmm. one of the contestants obviously having been described the rules of the game goes oh so is a challenge and an immunity for the first challenge and I can imagine never having seen the show before and that just completely going over your head. Yeah. It's funny that they put that shot in there. I, like It's funny that he chose that. Right? I mean, yeah, I don't, I I can almost, I would almost wager that even in the next episode, they separate it. Yeah, like, it's they do, right? It's just this one right? first episode and it's very simplistic. Basically, so their reward is 50 waterproof matches. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously one of the teams has not been able to start their fire. Toggy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, 50 waterproof matches would be amazing regardless as if you have fire or not. I mean, should that be great for me now? Like I would love, I could use it. I could use 50 waterproof. Listen, I, I have candles. I mean, (laughs) candles is great. I don't want to talk about necessarily what I would use them for because, Alex, this is not your arson cast. That's this is fine. not That's Alex Allwine <laughs> arson right, cast. Right. You already have that. Tune in next week for us. <laughs> um, anyway, so they get these matches and then they would also win the immunity idol. So the uh, challenge is set up thusly. There are two rafts about 50 feet out into the water. They're on yeah. the beach right now. So 50 feet out into the water. They all have to swim out there, grab their raft, bring it into shore. And as they're coming into There's shore, like fire light, on the raft, right? Yes. They already have a, they have these, these torches already on the raft burning, but the main objective is to come in, um, come to shore. And on their way, they have different little, buoys i guess in the water that are set up to be Mm -hmm. lit so you have to light these torches and then they get to the shore and there are more torches to be lit and finally at the end of their um there's like a burning man statue yeah there's like some wicker man yeah very large statue thing that needs to be set afire so many bees that's a meme right sorry nicholas cage with all the bees wicker man oh no not the bees not the bees so, um, each member, um, uh, what the fuck has, oh, has to have one hand on the raft. 
Oh, that's right. And then they light so they like every carry one this of the raft the whole way. Yes. Yeah, so in the water, maybe it's okay because there's some sort of buoyancy. But once they get to the land, it's like a lot harder to hold this up. Every member has to be touching the raft at the same time, and they all have to reach to this final uh, color coded mat. What's it called when you like bring a canoe over land? Portage. Travossing. Where you bring like. Oh a- yes, no. Portage, or portage, whatever right? Yeah, yeah. So they have to like portage this raft throughout yeah. the yes the course, basically. Yes. So at first, Taji is leading, and then once the they arrive on the beach, the tribes are even, and then Pagong um, takes the lead after they're sort of neck and neck on the beach. I think there's like a weird adjustment period where you have to rectify the actual <laughs> weight of your raft yeah in the water like, and then wow the that's water. heavier than i thought oh good um so in the end pagong guess it she is victorious yes um and they i mean it's very close both of the tribes get on their mat it's literally like whoever they both have like their torch up against the yeah, final thing and actually, just if it catches pagong catches yeah. first yeah, yeah it's really close the despondency on the other team's oh, face so was, sad i was so elated <laughs> i was so excited completely that's a perfect example of our personalities <laughs> what are you talking about they deserved it. They, they were being done. Taji. Day Ta-gi. three. Tagi. A hard guh. A guh. Ta-gi. You got a glot. Really get that glottal. So. Wow. I can't read my notes. What the fuck? It starts off and, and they can't find Dirk. Oh, yes. That's what Remember? I said. Dirk is missing. And then they have a very close up on him. Like he brought the Bible with him and he used to be a youth minister. He's praying to like a, an a, sort a of royalty beat. free Enya yeah. is what I wrote. Yeah. yeah. Royalty free Enya music. Um, <laughs> <laughs> more on that in the coming episodes, I'm sure. Why would they just drop us this breadcrumb oh, and leave God. it alone? <laughs> then we come to... The blossoming bromance between Rudy oh, it's and Richard. So, it's Rudy such a is quoted thing. as saying, he's fat, but he's good. I wrote exactly the same thing. <laughs> you know, he's fat, but he's he's good. There's a really fun moment, too, because um, I think it's Stacy and Kelly, who are the two youngest women in Toggy are starting to kind of make an alliance, a proto-alliance, before even the word alliance starts getting thrown around. Right. Um, well, this is after they got their second tree mail, where they're like, hey, come to tribal council, yes, hike exactly, this far, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And then you have Stacy and Kelly, who have formed a bond, starting to strategize, and also believing that Sue, the truck so, driver, yeah, right. would be... In Congress with them, and so However, they think that Sue is going to vote along with them and vote against Rudy because he's a, um, basically arrogant and loudmouthed, right? Is their reasoning kind of? Yeah, they're like, I don't like him bossing us around. Yeah, yeah, he's Why bossy. should he have he's, like credence yeah, right, to do this right. and that? But then Sue's coming out being like, Stacy doesn't move her ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is Sue's Stacey like, fuck Stacy. She doesn't know shit. She she doesn't like people giving orders because she doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Basically, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, honestly, that of, me of, like of, of the Stacey of the tribe so members that are going of the tribe members that are going to um, tribal council, you have that sort of pseudo alliance. Maybe you have. 
Richard speaking about his strategizing. You have Rudy confessing to the camera that he never really thought about like if he was going to be voted off or who he'd be voting for. There's really not a whole bunch of strategy in these preliminary stages. Yeah, people are straight up like, I have no clue what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to shake because, out. Like, yeah, they, they've spent so little time together and they didn't take the opportunity to start making Because they didn't alliances. know any better, right? Because how could you? Yeah. Later seasons, it's like first thing you see like two people make eye contact and they're yeah. like, shake my hand right yeah. now and tell me we're going to the final two. And it's like, that just doesn't happen at all. Even even Richard, and obviously he's like playing a little bit of like a, a poker game with this, but he's yeah. like, I have uh, four people that I think could go home and I'm one of them. Right. And I think that's like him trying to be like, um, I don't know, look good for the cameras or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I, I it's still like, I think, very telling. So then we actually... We get to it. Tribal get to Council. Tribal Council. Um, also, can we just take a second to talk about Jeff Probst? I'm happy to. <laughs> you know I'm happy to talk about Jeff Probst. I love Probst. him so much. God, him at the interviews he does <sighs> pre-vote in Tribal Council. This yeah. is the first one ever. And the way he talks to everyone, I, I know he's, you know got a staff of writers telling right. him what to say but right. I mean I just feel like he is off the cuff being everyone's best friend yeah he's and very mine. genial and very very sweet and very he cares it seems like he cares about everyone and he's just like he says all this stuff like other than you know the million dollars what is it that brought you here I just want to marry Jeff Probst that's what brought me here what character was that that said that Gretchen. <laughs> <laughs> it was Gretchen. It was Gretchen. Okay, and then that's also good to know. myself. I would what? love to. What? I would <laughs> love to see Gretchen and Jeff Probst get together. That would be amazing. Yeah. So cute. Where are they now? So tribal council <laughs> is where they vote someone off. Yeah. Uh, he explains it to everyone again, very clearly and slowly for. Uh, our benefit. So watch um, it with us, either on Hulu or on Amazon on, Prime. I think maybe just Hulu. No, you can get it on Amazon. You can also get it uh, in, if you just imagine, in your imagination. <laughs> you can imagine everything we're saying, and it shows <laughs> in the theater of your mind. Mm. <laughs> um, Main thing is, everybody has to go to like a soundproof I don't know, Cabana. I think it's just far vote. away. <laughs> it's not so much soundproof as it is well, just was, out of earshot. He yeah, he's very much like, nobody can hear you. Here's what you do. You write down their name he calls and then you it, speak into the camera and you tell them why you voted for them. He calls it, which I, I don't remember it being referred to later, the voting confessional. Yeah, that's never spoken it's of again. It's never referred to Mostly as that because again. voting Cabana is so much <laughs> more festive and interesting. But um, so he explains the rules. He explains what they're playing for a million dollars. And then he goes into um, sort of talking to let's say Sonia. He's like, hey, how you holding up, girl? She's like, well, I have blisters and I have this and that. And she goes and talks about like the things that are difficult for Mm -hmm. her and like, et cetera. And I don't fucking remember who else he talked to. But basically, it's just sort of a check in. All you theater kids will know what a check-in is. It's also, yeah. remember check-ins? <laughs> hey, how y'all doing today? 
Um, I'm feeling <laughs> a little weird about like how much ice cream I ate last oh night. Oh my god, so fat. Um, <laughs> at this point, yeah. Watching as the human that you are with all your experiences, alleged, alleged human, alleged human that you are. Who would you vote out if um, you were set to go into that um, hyper secluded voting booth or whatever the fuck? <laughs> voting it is. confessional. Yeah. I would, and why? I mean, I would do Sonia. Wait, I would wait, do Sonya. wait, yeah. So do it like you just wrote down her name, okay. and then you would have to say your exact, like, why you did it. I wrote, <laughs> um, you know, I took the uh, castaway Sharpie, yeah, and I wrote down on the piece of spell fake Sonya. Filling, is the yes, <laughs> I was just about to say it would be S O U N Y E H. Sonia. Sonia. Um, I'd hold it up to the camera and I would whisper, uh, you're a really nice um, woman and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the first vote and yeah. got a lot of love for you and I just, so nice. I just feel like um, <laughs> there's a lot of other beautiful places you can be playing in your ukulele right now. A lot of love. Mm-hmm. Much love. One love. Um... Jordan. Deuces. XOXO. XOXO. Gossip girl. Gossip girl. <laughs> That's what I would say. What would Great. you say? Who would you vote off? Um, I would also surprisingly vote Surprisingly. Sonia. <laughs> the woman who got dragged in the <laughs> challenge? What? She just seems too sweet for what we got going she on. She is. The, um, it, was, it was really more than even the challenge. Like, remember when she had like a cut on her knee? She was like... As you get older, your skin just gets thinner. Yeah, she's just like she, way she too just, vulnerable. Yeah. I see weakness and I attack it. So I would spell her name S O U N I E A H. No. <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> just leave it at that. Sonia. 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 And I'd yeah. probably be like, hey, Sonia, you fine and all that. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, you are also dead weight. Goodbye. So turns out <laughs> we exactly. So we voted and then everybody who's actually in the show voted. And, um, so we had Richard. <laughs> so Sue can't spell Sonia. She spelled it S O U N I A. No S O U N A. Sauna. Sauna. That's poor thing. I mean, a lot of people voted for Sonia, which makes sense. Richard voted for Stacy for quote unquote subtle reasons. Yeah. Which um, he said also, I don't even really know what they are. Yeah, I think he just didn't get a good vibe. No. Um, I don't know if the camera picked that up. My my dog just farted audibly. (laughs) Tell me no. (laughs) She just goes... (laughs) <laughs> it was oh my god and it smells i'm sitting in a dog fart cloud right now no oh god you can keep anyway, it anyway continue I don't want it. continue um <laughs> so at the jeff probes brings back out all mm-hmm, the different mm-hmm. little sheets the basin in which the votes are placed in. Can I just say he look? He looks really he good looks too. Real good. He's looking good. This is like pre Puka Shell necklace. Yes, Jeff it is. As well, um, pre Puka Probes. Yeah, P- <laughs> the triple P. Pre Puka Probes. 
<laughs> um, and I think it's only because of the grace of God, because it's like 2000. So anyways, Jeff Probst, mm-hmm. PPP Probst. Pre, Pre-Puka Probst comes yeah. out. He comes out with the jar, basin, wooden colander that is housing all of <laughs> the... Um, Votes. This for ain't the your evening. grandma's colander. Yeah. Let's just say that. It's survivor. <laughs> um, basically, all that you need to know is that it comes down to Rudy and Sonia. Three and three, basically, right? Yes. I think so. Yes. Or I thought there was more than that, but. Mm. A number versus the same number is what no, we know. No, yes. It's yes. three and so three. It was, three. It was neck and neck, basically, and there were a few outliers that. Took a few votes away, but um, the main thing is that I mean, I was personally surprised that Rudy got as many votes as he did. I was too, yeah. Well, one of them was Sonia. <laughs> so that it ends up being so. If you like, if you like, you didn't do, get that many votes. If you, but if you do like carryover votes, then he has one less against him for the next time, right? Right. Also, one of one of my favorite constructs of the vote reveal mm-hmm. is. When Jeff Probst says he's counting them and he's like, Rudy, that's three for Rudy, three for Sonia. He pulls out the next one and before saying a number or a name, he goes, the first person yeah. voted off yeah, of love. Survivor is. So, you know, and sometimes it comes down to someone who's like, oh, they've already had three votes. So, you know, it's whatever yeah, Jonathan or something. Yeah. But when it's neck and neck, it's so good. You're like, oh shit, oh shit, who is it? It's so good. They're very good. They're very they're good. Very they're good very at, good on the show. They're, they're very, very good, good on the show. Um, so it came down to Rudy and Sonia, and he said the la- the first person voted off uh, Survivor is um, Sonia. It's Sonia. It ends up being Sonia. <laughs> um, so she's out. She's out. Everyone's like, thank the Gerd. And, you know, hugs and condolences etc something i really but, love about this game we were talking about it for a mm-hmm. little bit is like uh, a lot of reality television you feel like when someone gets voted off they've been played mm. in some way by mm-hmm. producers or external factors i rarely feel that with survivor and because yeah. if they're getting played they're getting played by their fellow contestants yeah. and everyone is so aware of the rules of the game that when they leave they're always like well played there's always like a sense of sportsmanship. Yeah. And I really like that. I mean, at least in this first season. At least in this first That's season. Yeah. No, there are the moments where people get really stabbed in the back and they're very upset. Or just completely bewildered. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sonya's been voted out. She had a sort of credits rolling post vote out interview, which yeah, really didn't she mean anything. She just kind of said like, She's I'm like, glad yeah, I did it, you know. I, I guess like if I were the team I would have voted me out too and I was like hey you were the team you were a part of the team and yeah. then you got voted out so the logic was really weird there. it was weird right yeah. yeah I mean not worth mentioning however <laughs> but we mentioned it anyway <laughs> because we are loyal to you <laughs> thanks for listening to Back to Reality a reality TV time machine that's Alex Allwine yeah and I'm Jordan Skinner uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at this is B2R, or you can use the hashtag B2R. Mm, please use it. Please use it. You can get <laughs> in touch with us through email at 
this is b2r at gmail.com mm-hmm. or please check out our patreon page at patreon.com slash this is b2r we're looking for new equipment we're looking to make some major changes to our website our homes and I'm to trying. fatten our pockets line our pockets with as many dollar bills i want to buy i want to <laughs> buy a boat and i want to name her um mm. what would you name her the 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 guinea i don't know <laughs> i i you guys you have to donate to us on patreon so that i can think of a boat name that's mm. one of our plugs is you get to name my boat mm. that will be rewards for one dollar donation one dollar donation boat. name jordan's boat <laughs> we'll put it all in there with like a dash in between each name yeah for each it'll be donation. a really long name right <laughs> Next week on Back to Reality. The next episode is episode two of season one of Survivor, Generation Gap. And the generation gap results in conflict among the castaways. So one of the first things that we've seen um, that is notable is the Rudy-Richard friendship yes. deepening. You see a shot of Rudy uh, slathering Richard's back up with sunscreen. Me and Richard got to be pretty good friends. Not in a homosexual way, that's for sure. God damn it. <laughs> that's what he says! <laughs> <laughs>